Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. It's the daily gathering spot for the Big Blue Nation to hear the latest news and views on the Cats. If you have a question for Tom, email leachreport at gmail.com or send a tweet to at Tom Leach KY. Now, here's Tom. Good morning, everybody. Dick Gabriel sitting in for The Voice. Tom taking care of some, I believe he's taking care of some Keeneland business. So if indeed you uh, follow Tom on social media and maybe every now and then you get a pick from Tom, on the ponies well this might be a day's gathering information so we're happy to sit in for him here on the leech report presented by bobcat enterprises today we'll talk to larry vaught about both kentucky football and basketball much to discuss in both of those areas and we're also going to talk to cameron mills who will join me on the tv coverage of the blue white game coming up saturday tom and jack will have it for you on the radio it's a six o'clock tip-off and cameron and i will have it on the streaming coverage so uh, you might have heard cameron a little bit last night with darren hedrick and of course I'm sure you've seen a lot of Cameron's interviews or as many as they've released so far uh, on the social media with the Wildcats. Coming up a little bit later in the show, uh, if, if all the uh, technical uh, ends of things come together, we'll play a little bit of John Calipari's interview with Big Z. He took the social media they both did last night so that you, the fans, could meet and know more about the newest, tallest Wildcat. Let's start there with Wildcat News of the Day presented by Giuseppe's. Check out their new climate-controlled patio and the drive through window for orders to go. My wife and I are regulars at that drive through window. Love the restaurant, but the drive through window is so convenient as well. And I urge you as someone who's been to Italy twice and had Italian grandparents, check it out. You will not be disappointed. Wildcat News of the Day includes, of course, more awards rolling in for the volleyball Wildcats. Emma Grome wins SEC Player of the Week. At least Getzinger, Brooklyn Delay honored as well. In fact, four different awards for Kentucky. Grome took home her third straight SEC Setter of the Week title. They should just retire that award this year and name it after her. And also was named the league's overall Player of the Week. And I will tell you, that she is absolutely dominant at that position. She's incredible to watch and sets up players like Elise Getzinger, SEC Offensive Player of the Week. And for the second straight week, Brooklyn DeLay was the conference's Freshman of the Week. This all came in the wake of a sweep of Tennessee. Now, the Vols were 16-1 and and undefeated in the league. Going into that match down there in Knoxville, they had a great crowd. They've got a nice facility, and Tennessee – is one of the teams that once Kentucky challenged and overtook Florida in the SEC, well, here comes Tennessee. You know who else did that as well? Mississippi State. That's who the Wildcats play on Friday. But Kentucky, which got off to that rough start, now is on top. Florida's lost a couple of matches. So the Wildcats back in the driver's seat, 
in the SEC looking for a seventh consecutive SEC championship. So, yeah, huge, huge in the awards this week for the Wildcats. Links to these stories and others on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. And when we come back, Larry Vaught joins us here on the Leach Report. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel sitting in for The Voice, and we welcome now a veteran of the UKB, Larry Vaught joins us. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. How are you? I'm well, thank you so much. You and I are the gray beards, literally, on the UK beat. You've got a year or two on me, but we've been doing it for a while. And let me jump in right away with a question about that football game we saw Saturday night. I've been reaching back in the memory banks, trying to recall a game that began like that, Larry, where Kentucky comes out against a good, tough, strong opponent after a loss. And you had to wonder. How are these guys going to respond? Well, they, they they almost broke down the locker room door to get out of there. And the way they started that first quarter was as impressive as what I've seen against a good SEC team in a long, long time. And then after one play, Larry, everything changed. It seemed that way at any rate. Can you ever recall seeing a game that strange? No, never a game where Kentucky was just dominating. I think what the, yeah. the, the score was was dominant. The yardage was like what 150 to 20 at, at one point, and the, the stadium was rocking. And, and I just thought, yeah, this is just going to be one of the more impressive wins of the Mark Stoops era. Because I thought before the season started, hey, the Missouri game might be the most important game on the schedule because it would show how mentally yeah. and physically tough you were after coming off that game with Georgia, win or lose at Georgia. Still, I thought it was going to be a huge test. And then to see one play just – and it looked like the team just, I don't want to say gave up, but just certainly lost all focus, all drive, all execution, everything, and just fell apart. I mean, it was just incredible to watch, and I'm still kind of wondering how the heck does that happen. And But I'm like you. I don't remember one where Kentucky's had that dominant a start against a good team and then just fell apart, got crushed. What do you think that speaks to more than anything? There are so many factors, and we're not going to beat this one up because we've got to look ahead to Tennessee as well. But uh, start with leadership, and I'm talking about within the players' ranks. Where do you think that comes in? I think it comes in big. And, and I was talking with Anthony White about that. That was one thing that I, I kind of notice as you're watching the game when, when, some, when some things happened that that shouldn't have on the field you didn't really see anybody up in anybody's face yeah. saying hey don't be do it let's let's get out of that and all or when it looked like maybe Devin Leary was struggling a little bit on offense there or struggling a lot at times and you and, and you look on the sideline and maybe you saw different than what I did but you didn't see anybody kind of coming up and patting yeah. him on the back a little bit and talking to him and encouraging him it was just kind of like everybody was out on their own little island doing their own little thing and there just wasn't any of that leadership that I think you have to have to be a terrific team that's why I think it it was somewhat encouraging to hear Mark Stoops talk last time if they did have a players only meeting because they need they need something they need somebody to step in and say hey this nonsense let's let's get this fixed and let's stop this and they, and I just didn't see any of that Saturday and hopefully going forward, that'll change. I'll tell you a guy, I think, and I'm not laying anything on him, it's just unfortunate, 
that he wasn't there, but Trevin Wallace. And, yes, I know he was on the sideline, but it's not the same, uh, you know, if, if a kid's not playing. But that's a guy who leads both verbally and physically, and I think he would have been a huge help on defense. Not that Rayner played poorly, Devin Rayner. He did okay, but he's not Trevin Wallace. Uh, you know, so that's a guy who, and you know, and I think Ray Davis, as great as he is, I think, and I'm not blaming him for anything, God knows, but I don't yeah. know if he's comfortable being, still kind of being the new guy. Because I talked to him after the game, and we talked a little bit about leadership, and uh, he's kind of looking for the group, you know, the older guys to, to do the leading. But it, it, as long as somebody grabs it and goes, they've got a chance to turn this thing around. Yeah, if somebody grabs it and goes, and that's a great point about Trev, and I kind of forgot forgot that, that his leadership on and off the field has been really good up to this point. When you're hurt and not playing, it's hard to be out there and make those points to guys. And you're also right about Ray. He's kind of a lead by example and not yeah. lead by Todd. I think he is very helpful to the guys in the backfield with him. But I don't think he's a kind that's going to go up to a defensive lineman and say, "Hey, you got to quit that nonsense." Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to be. I don't think that's going to be right in what he's going to do. But they they got to get somebody that, or, or or more than one that can do that because they just make some mistakes and, and did some silly things that you just can't do to give away yards that ended up costing Kentucky chances to score or enable Missouri to have better that's chances right. to score. Well, one of the penalties handed Mizzou two points. You know, they had already turned them away on a conversion try and then penalties, and they go again and make it easily. Talking to Larry Vaught, yeah. Vaught's views. He is a veteran of the U.K. beat. And, uh, you know, and, of course, you go back quite a ways as I do, but Tom Leach invoked this name uh, when we were just chatting the other day, Wesley Woodyard. That was a guy who uh, led, as you well know, both by example and verbally, and it's it's difficult to put anybody in a position or in a uh, uh, to to compare anybody with uh, with Wesley, but that's that's the kind of voice you really need in a situation like this. Yeah, it is because on that team he was on got thumped down at yeah. down at LSU the way that they did, and and it looked like that might be the end of the Rich Brooks era. I mean, it was yep. and, right. and they got together and came back and turned things around and and just did a remarkable job. And yeah, that's what I was thinking about. You've got to have somebody like that that can just step in there and say hey enough's enough shut up and play or Mm -hmm. you know just or something like that there and and i don't know what what it's going to take but you would sure think when they watch film and listen to coaches monday that maybe some of those messages got through because uh, they they you hate to just say they beat themselves because yep. you don't want to take away from what Missouri did do. Yep. But that's just kind of what it seemed like that once Missouri, as you say, hit that hit that big pass. And, again, I look back and think, how in the heck can a punter throw that great of a pass? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a fake punt that was that had a play quite like no. that where a guy threw that ball in there that's an actual punter like yeah. he did. I just can't imagine yeah. But when that happened, you still just can't quit. I mean, you're still ahead 14-7, to 7 and you're dominating the game. Just go back down and score and stop them again and get, grab all the momentum right back. That's exactly right. And Kentucky, to a point, did that when it regained the lead 21-20, but after that absolutely collapsed. So uh, as an open date, people can rest up, heal up, and uh, for a little while at least think about basketball. Larry, thank you so much as always, and uh, we'll be looking for you along the trail. All right, Dick.
Have a good one. That's Larry Vaught, Vaught's Views. And when we come back, Cameron Mills will join us. He'll talk about Kentucky basketball. He's been meeting and interviewing the Wildcats, and he'll be alongside for the TV coverage Saturday for the Blue-White game. That's all ahead right here on the Leach Report. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for The Voice. The Leach Report, of course, comes to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, which today is Cameron Mills has been here on several occasions. He will be alongside Saturday night when the Wildcats open uh, their season, basically with the blue-white game. Good morning, Mr. Mills. Good morning. Uh, I'm really curious to hear uh, some of your comments Saturday because and you and I had a long conversation here in the Clark's Pump and Shop studio one day about uh, all the conversations you've had with the Wildcats. You have had the unfettered act really for the first time since you've been covering uh, U.K. basketball. But when it comes to the blue-white game, Cameron, you played in, in – uh, what I guess four of these things, and uh, uh, yeah, maybe even more. I think a few years uh, we had more than one blue white game. Well, so. that's true. Yeah, um, it's a team that I don't know how many you know healthy scholarship players they'll be able to put on the floor. But will this be much fun at all for the players? Not that that's a, a concern of John Calipari, but yeah. uh, they they have been banging heads for quite a while. Well, and that's the thing. There's there's still this is still them banging heads, and and so. Will it be fun? Yeah, because this will be much of a game atmosphere where you're going to have officials, you're going to have timeouts. Of course, Cal always kind of interjects himself and calls an extra timeout or two. But it's much more of an actual like game situation. Um, but it's still the biggest frustration along with this madness. And these, by the way, these aren't frustrations that, you know, these these aren't real complaints. These are just one of those player and what you're really focused on is actual practice and actual school. Doing stuff like, you know, Big Blue Madness. It's one of those things that you have to do, but you don't necessarily look forward to doing doing it. And the Blue White game is the same kind of thing. It's still it's still competing against each other. What they really are itching for is that first exhibition game. Yeah. The first exhibition game where they don't have to play, they don't get to see their opponent wearing the same basic colors that they're wearing. You know, they get to look at someone brand new and they kinda of get to take their frustrations out on them, hopefully. And I, I failed to mention that this, of course, will be a game that's played up in Northern Kentucky University. And when you move a game like that, it used to be you can you could play anywhere. And now there, there's got to be something like a cause attached to it. And it's mm-hmm. the flood victims, which is which right. John Calipari, I think Cameron's unparalleled when it comes to reaching out to his fellow man in a situation like yeah. this. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I can't think of a year that's gone by. And by the way, this one's the flood victims and the tornado victims. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, because last year I think it would, think it was just the flood victims. Um, but I mean, I can't think of a year he's been here that he's not done some big fundraiser. Whether it was like at a, I think you know, game day visited one time, and you could text something, something to something. And I think it was that was for hurricane victims. So he's <clears throat> there's always a cause that he. Not only that he gets behind, but I think more importantly gets his team behind. I remember when they've gone to the Bahamas a few years, um, you know, he, he has taken his team into some um, not necessarily rough situations, but in some poverty stricken situations yeah. to teach these kids, look, y'all have it awfully good, no matter how you have it. You know, all these poor kids need are some shoes and that, you know, I think I remember them taking a bunch of new Nikes down there for these kids. Oh, yeah. But he's always doing that. And I and I love, you know, Mitch Barnhart does the same thing with the entire athletics department. It's like every few years they're, they're going on basically a mission trip to, I think, Ethiopia, um, and have been doing this for years. Yeah, and at least one of his staff members adopted a child uh, from yeah, Ethiopia. Yeah, that's exactly so, right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and it, it's when the coaches kind of make – look, guys, this is what's important. 
the players they just have to follow suit. And let's face it, you're not going to turn everybody into a philanthropist, but if you can touch two or three of your players and they carry that into the latter mm-hmm. stages of their life, you, you've done something big there. Yeah, and and I think I think you're touching way more than two or three of your players. I think you're right. You're not going to get everybody. You're not going to turn everyone into seeing that you know what the the gifts you've been given, the things you've been given. You know they're there for you to give to others, basically. And um, but the way the way Mitch Barnhart has done it, the way Cal has done it since he's been here. I, I mean, it's not that my co- you know the coaches I had didn't focus on this thing occasionally, but you know it seems like Cal is just out there doing it every year yeah. and so you kind of have to learn some i can't think of too many player of his ex-players that i know personally which isn't many but know personally and they have huge hearts and are very willing to to do stuff whether it's like a public event or whether it's like private stuff just just to give away because they realize hey you know what <laughs> maybe i played a lot maybe i didn't but I, <laughs> I was a wildcat i had it good yeah i mean it's something you think about is that, you know if you don't if you don't play a lot you can kind of get into that you know victim mentality of you know well it hasn't been good for me uh, look dude if you're, at, if you're playing basketball at the university of kentucky it's been pretty good for you so it, it seems fair to ask to uh to very easily give to others speaking of guys who don't play a lot a lot of times they have a chance to have a ball in the blue white game and uh did do you recall did you have any mm-hmm. did, at any time did you go off in a blue white game or have a stretch or any you know put yeah, up any no. numbers <laughs> Um, well, they don't they don't keep those official stats. Although I think my uh, the man I had, I think they did. I think, no, I, no, I, I'm good to the answer. The answer okay. is yes. Um, <laughs> um, still, still, and it, it was I think my I'm gonna say my freshman or sophomore year. It was a year in which I had no business going off in a blue white game. And apparently, and I say apparently because you, you hear all this stuff thirds fourth hand. Um, a couple of the managers who were who were my buds. Um, they had been the manager in the huddle of the other team, and I'd gone off for like I don't know twelve points in a row. And they said Coach Patino called a timeout, cussed everybody on that team up and down, and said, "You blankety blanks are letting Cameron Blank and Mills do this to you." So again, it was a compliment to me, but it wasn't towards me, at me, um, for me to hear. So it was. I mean, it could it could kind could have gotten me through years of frustration, Dick. But it. now I didn't get to hear it. I had to hear I it after the game. <laughs> But I did Cameron, go off. I stay did right off. there. we got many more questions for you. And by the way, I think I recall Jonathan Davis maybe went off for 50 in a blue-white game. J.D., if that's not true, text me. you got my number. Uh, but, yeah, strange and great things can happen in a blue-white game. And Cameron Mills will be there. Jack and Tom on the radio. Cameron and I have the streaming coverage on SEC+. Plus, more questions for Cameron, who's met and talked with every Wildcat in depth. It's coming up next on the Leach Report. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gaberlin for The Voice. The Leach Report presented by Bobcat Enterprises. Google Bobcat Enterprises in Kentucky for the location nearest you. And a reminder tonight on KET, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, you can watch Jim Host, Game Changer, of course, a documentary about the guy who basically invented college sports marketing. One-hour show. Uh, displays Jim Host's early love of sports and the role he played as a sports marketer and broadcaster as well as a business and civic leader. He basically built the U.K. Sports Network into the biggest network of its kind in the country. I've worked for Jim. Well, he's he's never going to really retire, but uh, I started with the U.K. Network back in, golly, 1979 and have been either full-time or part-time 
with uh, Jim Host Projects ever since and uh, worked full-time for Jim for a couple of years down in Dallas for the old Southwest Conference Radio Network. Uh, that's another story, but he basically reinvented radio down there. So check it out tonight, 8 o'clock on KET. Cameron Mills is on the line, and before we get back to Cameron, I wanted to share with you just a little bit of the interview that John Calipari did with Big Z. Now, uh, Cameron has interviewed all the other Wildcats. We'll talk about that in a moment, but Big Z just got here, and so he came by the office, and John Calipari sat down with him, and here's a little bit of it. It's on uh, Twitter or X. He talked to Z on X, and here's a little bit of that. Why college? Because you fought and just kept – you wanted to be here. But why college? I mean, uh, my mom wanted to me uh, uh, to finish school, and I wanted to play basketball. Uh, so we kind of found a way to go to college and play, and play basketball. So, yeah. That's she it. made sure you did well in high school because yeah. when we saw the grades and we, we were like, yeah. wow, he's, he's, you got this right. Yeah. Um, what about – Let's just talk. You went to the pre-draft stuff, the NBA pre-draft. Um, what what was that all about? Why did you go? What did you learn? I mean, I got invited there. Let me let me stop out. everybody. To go to the NBA pre-draft, you have to be invited, whether you're in the United States or in Europe. And in Europe, there's fewer that are invited, so it meant something to be invited. Yeah. So, what did you what did you get from it? Um, I got invited there. Uh, so I can work out with uh, other guys, other teams. So it kind of meant a lot to me. It meant a lot. Uh, yeah, and I had a great time. It's a great experience. Yeah. Zonimir Ivasic. Cameron, you got that? I was going to ask to make sure you had that accurate. Because <laughs> if it's going to take you a couple times to get it, <laughs> Saturday might be a nightmare if he's there, if he's playing. I will write it on my uh, score sheet. Phonetically, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. one of those. So, so I think uh, Darren said last night on 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 his show, he said just call him the Big Z. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, don't know if that's what he wants to go by. Maybe it is, <laughs> but but I didn't care if what Jamal McGlure wanted to go by. I called him the Big Leaf, so it didn't matter. You called him that, or he wanted to be? Oh no, he didn't. He didn't. I don't know if he cared or not. He never really said anything. He laughed when I did it, but because he was from Canada and yeah. he's got a big red maple leaf in the center, yeah. I called him the Big Leaf. And also, no, there was good. a connotation there that he was weak and frail. Oh. Um, which is kind of those, kind of one of those opposite kind of nicknames you do. Yeah, no, 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 no. Everybody knew that about about uh, Jamal, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, again, Cameron Mills on the line with us. Cameron will be alongside Saturday night for the TV coverage on SEC Plus, the streaming channel, as the Wildcats play their blue-white game. Tom Leach and Jack Givens will have radio coverage for you right here. What are you going to be looking for, Cameron, when you when you look critically and try to figure out? Uh, again, mm-hmm. because we've all seen him play in Toronto, uh, right. who these guys are. Um, you know what? They they did a lot of talking, and I mean that in the in the best way. You you and I you and I talk about when kids are talking, it's usually not necessarily a good thing when it comes to an athletic point of view, especially in college. But they were all talking and saying the good the things they should be saying. Yeah. We're a team. These are my brothers. You know, we're competitive. We're you know. I think DJ Wagner made a point of saying, look, in practice, you think we hate each other. But we get the moment we get off that court, we're brothers again. Um, they're doing stuff outside of basketball, like uh, you know they they they've gone bowling many a few times as a team. Apparently, Coach Antigua has a stocked pond somewhere, so these guys have started going fishing. And every single one of them, when I ask, you know, what are you doing to get away from basketball outside 
of gaming, meaning, you know, you know, online games and stuff. Right. Yeah, they all said fishing. Five or six of these guys love to draw, and I don't even think they know that about each other. Um, so there, there, there's all these, all these things off the court that can bring them together, and that's all well and good. But I want to see what that means on the court. Now, I'm being told it means it's meaning some good stuff on the court. But, you know, the other thing is the competitiveness of, okay, we're going to go at it in this practice against you. You're the enemy, right, against us. And then you've also got to fight. These guys are fighting for playing time. So mm-hmm. you've got all that stuff, but – the two things that stand out the most is number one, they're 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 trying to convince um, the world, and it may be true. So it may be something they're not trying to convince anyone. They're just stating the fact that this is a group of guys that are close together. Um, and two, I just think these guys have a chip on their shoulder. I mean, at one point during, and I forget which one I was talking to, but the rankings came up in our conversation, and and the quote unquote official rankings um, weren't out. I don't know exactly when those are. I guess it's a matter of opinion. But they were they. I mean, they they just sloughed it off. Preseason team rankings, whatever. I mean, what? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't know if you meant recruiting that. rankings. The preseason. No, team no, no. Rank- yeah, we did. They, yeah, they came out yesterday. Yeah, well, the the because I remember last year after the uh, national championship, some rankings came out. So, I mean, which ones are well, the real true. rankings? Yeah. Let's be honest about this. <laughs> which you hate anyway. Uh, I was going to bring that up. But, yeah, Kentucky's 16th preseason. But I, I do believe that's because you've got big guys who are injured and just so many question marks about this this young team that's full of new faces under John Calipari. Cameron Mills has met all of them except for – you haven't met Big Z yet, right? Did we lose Cameron? I think we did. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back and reestablish with Mr. Cameron Mills. You're listening to The Leach Report. Welcome back to The Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for The Voice, courtesy to Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. We're talking with Cameron Mills of the U.K. Network. You hear him each and every regular season game. And I guess, I don't know yet, Cameron, if you and Dave will have the pregame for the exhibition games. Have you been told that yet? Um, no, I've not been told. As a matter of fact, we've got, of course, uh, now, we, ex- yeah, I guess you said exhibition. I thought you meant blue and white. Um, I've not been told. I assume we will, though, because I think they try to run the exhibitions like, yeah. you know, in every which way they try to run them like okay, a real game. So it's kind of a practice run for everybody um, on the network as well as just everyone at, this, at the arena and for the athletics department. So I assume we will. Sounds good to me. Uh, but Cameron will be working TV side with yours truly on the streaming network this Saturday for Blue White. Jack and Tom will have the radio call, of course. And you and I worked that game in Pikeville last year, Cameron. And, boy, what an experience that was. But, yeah. of course, the the great story that came out of that was Michael McGuire, the coal miner, and his family. Yeah. Uh, and he, he thought nothing of just rushing to the game in his <laughs> – basically work clothes and, and wearing yeah. half the coal mine on his face and it became a national cause really which was great wasn't it yeah that was awesome and then you know cal um offering what he and his family tickets to any game um, that season and then for it to happen and then i think did wasn't he even didn't they turn michael into the why is that game too or yep. am i making that up am i am i right was it that game or another game in rupp arena it, it it did happen i know either, that. either way it was yeah you're right it was, it was a great story and um for again a, a great cause and you know what made when last year special was i mean the floods had just happened i mean yeah. we were just getting i say we the, the state sure but the people down there that you know physically affected by it, it had just happened, and you know they were just recovering, and so the timing of that was great. And then of course we had the tornadoes, I guess a year and a half or so ago now. And so for Cal to throw both events, say okay, let's raise money for you know the western half of the state, the eastern half of the state, 
Um, it, it's it's one of those special things. But you know what made last year great, Dick? Because remember after the game, players were just on the floor hanging yeah. out. Yeah. And you know, Cal encouraged that. He said, you know, I mean, it was part of the quote unquote gift to Eastern Kentucky. And I don't know if that's probably appropriately said, but you hear the players. They're going to be on the floor. Go down there and hang out with them. And to me, that was something special because that's not something that we were ever encouraged to do necessarily. It's not something we were discouraged. Right. But just for Cal to say, look, I know you guys want to, you want to shake hands. You want to get selfies. You want to get autographs. Have at them. You know? And the guys graciously uh, acquiesced. I mean, great, I mean, just could not have been happier because you, you and I were the, two, the two, uh, two guys trying to get off the floor as the fans got on the floor to get with the players, and they, they seemed so happy to do it and be a part of it. Yeah, and you know what also kind of surprised me a little bit was during warm-ups. And I, I saw a kid signing an autograph, and I thought, uh-oh. And then I looked around like, they're yeah. all <laughs> signing. And then I turned well, around, and right next to me, I still got the photos, is Calipari signing autographs pre-game, yep. not just post-game. So, pre-game. yeah, well, I love that. Yeah, and that's the thing you get with exhibitions, especially with blue-white. But if you remember, Dick, you and I talked about it, that's something that bothered me all year. Because before regular games, Oscar Shibway, God bless him, he'd be over there, you know, taking pictures with, you know, little five-year-old girls and five-year-old boys in the middle of warm-ups. Now, to be (laughs) fair to him, they were in the middle of pre-warm-ups. Right. come out and get some shots up, but... I just I, I get nervous. It makes my tummy nervous when I see that because I'm like, oh, here comes the yelling. Somebody's somebody. Yeah, Oscar's not playing today because of this nonsense, right? That's how my coaches would be. Coach Cal's a little more lax, and and and, and you know what? If it get if the guys play well under that condition, then I'm all for it. If yeah. they don't, however, then I'm going to come down on them like I did last year. I was just about to say, yeah, what happens next is really the most important thing, isn't it? So. Um, let's get back to the actual basketball, though. And, and incidentally, in case you're wondering, I once asked Cameron about signing his first autograph as a Wildcat, and he stood up straight and said, I signed autographs in high school. So, uh, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but this, it was because I was going to Kentucky. So, Well, that's true. Um, this yeah. is a team that we saw again in Toronto that has a roster and seems chock full of guys who can score. I don't say score yeah. the basketball, but score uh, in a variety <laughs> of ways, not just stand outside and bombs away, but they do right. have guys who can stand outside and bombs away. Yeah. Although at one point I heard Calipari up in Toronto go, a Duke, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you don't, you don't want to put that thought in his head. But um, I don't <laughs> think, and here I am jinxing them, Cameron, I don't yeah. think offense is going to be a huge issue in terms of yeah. who can get it done. It's just how they get it done. It's true, but for most of these guys, right? You've got you've got um, uh, you've got Antonio, you've got Adu and Onyenso who played limited rim, limit minutes last year. Um, you know, you've got you've got some seniority coming back. Um, you've got uh, oh, and I'm just blanking on his name right now. The, the kid that transferred from West Virginia, Trey. Uh, Trey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got Trey. You know, you've got that. But then you've got a bunch of guys that yes can score as freshmen. But this is a leap up. This is a leap up. And so and every year at this point of the year, if we're honest, we're looking at the recruits we've got coming in. We're looking at the guys we've got coming back. And most years, and this goes back beyond even Calipari, but most years what I hear from fans and what I hear from you know, the media is that, well, this, this, most years now, remember most years, this is going to be a running team. This is going to be a scoring team. Right now, I've heard, there's a few years where I'm like, where are we going to get the points from? But most years you hear it this way, that we, that we have a plethora of um, offensive ability. What, again, and not to b- bring people back to the, the conversation I have with the guys, but 
what you heard from them wasn't so much that it was because what you know what's the biggest thing you got to work on right you've had a few weeks of practice you've had toronto what's the biggest thing you now know you got to work on and almost to a man dick they all said defense hmm. It was defense, defense, defense. And, Good. you know, they're going to need to work on their offense. But for them to come in with a defensive mindset, because, you know, that's the last thing that gets, quote, unquote, installed, right? Whether it gets installed or not last, it's what the guys start paying attention to last. And so their defense can be average, but as the year goes on, it gets better. And so for them to be talking early in the season about defense and not offense. And team defense, not individual team defense, team defense. And then, and then individual defense, like, what can I do to help a team? That's really encouraging too. So I'm a lot, a lot. They're all saying the right things, and that's what's fun. I know it's difficult when you're watching a game on TV with your radio on, of course. Uh, but to, to for a guy like you knows what to watch for, and and try to to break down mentally what they're doing with team defense, because of course the camera follows the basketball. You can't see what's so going on on the other. Well, yeah, and you can't see what's going on on the other side of the court. But could you pick up on much of that from the Toronto games? Um, you know what? This is this is what this is what makes me a weak a weak commentator on this kind of stuff is, and and then one of the reasons I'm not a coach because I think the thing thing that separates coaches from you know your average um, uh, hobbyist, yeah, <laughs> yeah, is that coaches don't watch the ball. They have yeah. trained themselves or it's this innate ability where they're not watching the ball. They're watching ten guys play a, the right. game of basketball. I mean, the, one of the greatest moments and one of the most amazing moments I have with Coach Pacino was really one of the first moments where he's simply watching, you know, we're, we're just running a basic motion offense. Yeah. We've got five on five. We're going, you know, you know, uh, insert the ball or down screen, insert the ball, pick away, um, you know, that kind of thing over and over and over again. And within 15 seconds, he blows the whistle, yells at everybody, and, has, and not just yells to yell, but has something that all 10 guys on the court did right and something that they did wrong in that yeah. mere 50 seconds, and then can communicate it in 20. Yeah. And that's what, that's what was so amazing about him. Is he saw it all, and he could point it all out and communicate it, granted, loudly and with some swear words, but in a way that we were able to hear what he had to say and hopefully make the correction. It's like a photographic memory, isn't it? They just see it once because they uh, coached it and taught it yeah. for so long. It's like yeah. a, a football analyst who can watch a play. It's, uh, Jeff Van Note could do this. He could watch a play and in real time tell you what every blocker did yeah. and didn't do because he played the interior line. It's, yeah. it's amazing, isn't it? It's almost like lazy, making your eyes lazy in those old, you know, those old prints where you can make your eyes lazy, you can see something. Yes. It's almost like having to do that so you don't watch the ball. Oh, I mean, okay. it's just it's just one of those things that when coaches and the problem with coaches doing that is then they expect everyone to live that lifestyle. Yeah. They expect everyone to watch a game the way they watch a game, and so when they when you don't quite get it because you didn't see it, they look at you like it's like living with Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it's like oh. Well, well, yeah, I guess I can explain it, but I'm surprised you didn't see it. Brad I mean, White said something things. like that the other day. He said, when you put a game plan together as a coach and you get to practice, you have to be patient because you want to grab them and yell, why can't you understand why, this? Because yeah. they've why, worked on it for three would, days. I've got, right, I got 90 seconds. I've got 90 right. seconds. i got to ask you this. How, yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts going to be when you see your buddy Jeff Shepard when his kid is out there playing mm -hmm. in a Kentucky uniform? Yeah. I've already had those. I've already had those moments. I'm sure I'll have them again. But Toronto was a big deal to me um, because I, I watched the games as like a nervous uncle. You know, I mean, I watched Reed grow up. I've been close to. I, I right. was with Stacy and Jeff at least at least back to the lodge after their first date. Um, you know, and got to talk to Jeff about it. So I've been close to this family for years and watched Reed grow up and get great. But I had that moment in Toronto where I was like, okay, I, I think he can do this. 
I know his family thinks he can do this. Hopefully he thinks he can do this. Now can he do this? And this was playing basketball at an elite level at the University of Kentucky. Now, were we playing an SEC team? No. But we were playing good teams. And Reed, you, you could see it after his – the first game he said he didn't have a good game. He did. He had a great yeah. game. He just didn't have an offensive output like he did the next two. And the next two games, he just goes off for threes. He's blocking shots. He's making steals. Um, led the lead team in assists, I think. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he can, he, he can play. He, he belongs here. And if you watch his face – and I asked him this when I talked to him. I kind of felt like the, all the pressure that he was putting on himself melted away. It's like yeah. he, he now knew he could play here. And, and though he might say it's unimportant, and maybe it is, he can say the state now knows that I belong here there because of go. what he did in Toronto. Now he's got to do it again and again and again, so do yep. all these guys. And that's yep. what's going to make him special as they're going to be. Cam, thanks. See you Friday at practice. Yes, sir. Have a good one. That's Cameron Mills of the U.K. Network. Wildcat with two championship rings. He'll be alongside for TV coverage Saturday for the blue-white game. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report. That's going to do it. Thanks so much to Cameron Mills and to Larry Vaught for joining us today on the Leach Report. And as we uh, head for the uh, top of the hour, we can tell you that our U.K. history moment is presented by Kentucky Roadshow Sports Cards and Memorabilia in Lexington. Learn more about them at roadshowcards.com. It was on this date. 1998, Seth Hansen kicked a game-winning field goal at the buzzer to win at LSU. And you might remember how Mummy kind of deked him. It looked like he was just going to take a knee, get into overtime. But instead, they ran a reverse, got into field goal position, and Seth Hansen knocked it through. That was the year the Wildcats wound up in the Outback Bowl. That was a fun night down on the bayou, I can tell you that. Thanks again to producer Matt Allen. Have a great day, everybody. So long from the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Anytime you miss the show, you can listen to the podcast at TomLeachKY.com, WLAP.com, or 790Louisville.com. And anytime you're out of range of the stations, catch the show via the iHeartRadio app. If you have any questions for Tom, email leachreport at gmail.com and check out his website at tomleachky.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.